Hi, my name is Katie McLean, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on the latest movies, remakes, and sequels that will be coming your way, as well as TV and movie DVD releases that are on the way also. And plus, we have our interview segment with someone from the movie, TV, or music industry. This is episode 150 of On Screen and Beyond, and as our guest on this week's show, we have none other than soap star Katie McLean. Katie is uh, out with a new live CD, and it's called Katie McLean Live at Club Passum, and we'll be talking about that and more in just a few minutes right here at On Screen and Beyond. Well, you know, it's Oscar time, and at the end of the month, we'll find out who the winners are. But also in a few weeks, we'll be having a former Oscar nominee as our guest, and we'll find out exactly what it feels like to be nominated for an Oscar. So stick around for that one. And if you're on Facebook, be sure to check us out and like us. And we have a link on our homepage. It'll get you right there. Just go to www.onscreenandbeyond.com. Scroll down to the bottom. You'll see the link right there. And uh, what do you say? It's time to take a look at what's coming your way as far as remakes. Coming up on Remake Madness, next, right here at On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, the remake of TV's Three's Company is rumored to be in the works with James Franco in the lead. And it's still in the early stages, so we'll keep you updated as soon as we find out more. And Charles Dickens' Great Expectations is headed for a remake, and the film is expected to be released in 2012, the same year as Dickens' 200th birthday. And the remake of Fantastic Voyage that we've talked about over and over is still back on track, or it's back on track, I should say, and producer James Cameron has signed Sean Levy, uh, the director of Night at the Museum and Date Night fame, to direct that one. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we'll find out what's coming away as far as upcoming movies. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. As far as upcoming movies, you can look for Sylvester Stallone as he stars in Headshot. And he will play a hitman who ends up being paired up with a young New York Police Department detective investigating some murders. And it looks like Hugh Jackman and Chris Pine will lend their voices to a film called Rise of the Guardians. It's set for a 2012 release. It's about four childhood icons who team up to battle a villain set on taking over the world. That's an animated film, of course. And it looks like Adam Sandler will produce a film called Fat Man. It's about a bedridden, morbidly obese man who begins to shed the pounds when he falls in love with his nurse. And he does so to win her heart. And it looks for a 2014 release. That's it for upcoming movies. Next on On Screen to Be On, 
Sequel City. We'll find out what's coming away as far as sequels next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, another Jack Ryan movie is in the works, and this next installment is temporarily called Moscow. we keep you updated as soon as we find out more. And Jeepers Creepers 3 Cathedral is set for release this year, and we've talked about this one over and over and over again. It seems like it's just one of those ones that stays in development forever. Austin Powers 4 is still listed as being in development with a 2013 release now, and rumors are that it's going to be in 3D, so... We'll give it to you again. We'll keep it uh, coming until we find out whether or not it's going to be made. But they say right now that it's still looking for 2013 release. So we will uh, keep you updated on that as things come out. All right, that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on Oscar and Beyond, let's find out what's coming away as far as TV on DVD. Next. TV on DVD, well, May 3rd, you can look for Season 3 of According to Jim, starring Jim Belushi. And on May 17th, you can find The Bionic Woman Season 2 on DVD in a five-disc set. And on May 10th, you can get Home Improvement 20th Anniversary Complete Collection 25 DVD set in a special toolbox packaging. So that's kind of cool. And that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Square to Beyond, we're going to take a look at what's coming away as far as movies coming at you on DVD. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Movies on DVD, well, March 15th. Look for The Fighter, the Oscar-nominated movie, as it comes to DVD and Blu-ray. And on April 15th also, look for Harry Potter in The Deathly Hollows Part 1. And on March 22nd, How Do You Know? With Reese Witherspoon, Paul Rudd, and Owen Wilson, as it lands in stores on DVD and Blu-ray. That's about it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, we're going to be chatting with none other than Katie McLean. Dixie from All My Children. Of course, you remember her. She was on uh, As the World Turns and a whole bunch of other things. It's next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is an actress, a singer, a songwriter, a painter, a poet, and a writer. She has won two Emmys for her work on All My Children and As the World Turns. She currently has a live CD out called Club Passum. It's Katie McLean. Katie, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you so much, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here. Katie, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And before we start talking about the CD, I just got to ask you, is there anything that you don't do? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a great typist. Um, uh, I can't do fractions at all, and <laughs> and I'm not a particularly terrific speller. So thank God I became an actor, because otherwise it would be very embarrassing. <laughs> well, you know, it's just amazing. You must have a lot of creativeness in you that you, that you want to get into all these different aspects of uh, creativity. I do, I, and I had a, a very uh, unique childhood um, where uh, academics for me um, were not encouraged. <laughs> really? But, uh, other, and I had an artist mother who really, you know, that was the focus of her uh, life. And so I was dragged around to a lot of different um, art stores, museums, gallery shows. Um, it was surrounded by art books. And, and so 
uh, I learned that creativity was, you know, the thing to aspire to and that it was a possibility for me to to learn it without necessarily having to be, um, you know, traditionally educated in it. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have any fears about trying something new like, you know, like a different uh, aspect of creativity? A different aspect of creativity? Not usually. I mean... Um, silk screening, I think, is, looks a little uh, intimidating, but um, I've learned something that uh, I've learned something about learning that all you have to do to learn something new is break it down to its really basic step-by-step elements. Mm-hmm. And no matter how terrified you are, um, if you get really basic about it, it, it becomes um, doable. And uh, I think that overcoming the intimidation of, of um, any kind of, of creative, you know, venue, even writing. You know, somebody somebody um, wrote on my website, you know, like, how do you, I want to get back into writing. Um, actually, it was on my Facebook site. Uh, you know, what do you, what do you recommend? You know, I'm having trouble with discipline. I used to do this five hours a day. And, you know, it's just start small, like, like with anything. Um, if you start small and you don't pressure yourself, you know, to become you know, uh, the next great thing in the next five minutes, <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll be able to grow and, and do it a little at a time. Yeah. It's all a process. And I wish I felt that way about fractions. Yeah. <laughs> and if you enjoy it, if you're having fun, I'm that's... I'm sure I could if I put my mind to it. That's right. It, you know, if you, if you enjoy it, you know, it's, it's fun. But, you know, let's mm. face it, fractions are boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, you really have to have the desire. Some people love math. And, right. And if you, if you have some sort of uh, you know, you're, you're drawn to it. You want to do it. That will help you overcome the the, the times that are when you're frustrated because you just don't understand. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I have your CD right in my hands in front of me here, and uh, I I, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed the intimacy uh, that you have when you're doing your live show. It's very, uh, you know, it's it's nice to be able to get to know the person or, or somewhat know the person when they're up there as opposed to just doing a routine. It sounds very relaxed when you were doing it. Thank you. That is incredibly rewarding for me to hear. Um, it's absolutely what I was striving for. Um, I was very lucky, though, because I was in a room full of people who already liked me. And mm-hmm. that was a great way to start. Uh, <laughs> that really helped a lot. Although, you know, it was... A, a very educated crowd. You know, it was Cambridge, Massachusetts, so where we, we um, recorded this. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, I was a little intimidated, and I, I did want to give them my very best. Why did you decide to release a live album rather than a studio release? I chose to release a live album because I'm asked to gig a lot. And um, I, I don't really enjoy uh, gigging. It's really hard work. And there's not a lot of money in it, and um, uh, you have to really put out an enormous amount of effort at planning, you know, time, expense. And um, as much as I enjoy singing, um, it's uh, it's just just wasn't something I wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought, well, I I do have this recording and. I felt like it was a wonderful, it was like the best, the best gig. I have done a bunch of gigs, but, and I think it was the best I'd, I'd ever done. Yeah. It was something really special about it, and 
The audience was wonderful. Um, I felt like I sang well. Uh, George played terrific. Yeah. Um, uh, terrifically on the on the that night, and he always plays well. But he, you know, George Walker Pettit, and uh, and then just in particular, we had a great connection. And I thought, well, this would be a really great way to say. And and listen, it, it was not uh, inexpensive for me to to. Um, you know, mix, master, and, and you know, pr- and produce this album and put it out there. I mean, it was a, it was, a, it was you know, a lot of work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, other than just the gig itself, uh, you know, I sometimes think people don't quite quite realize that. I think I'm just trying to make a quick buck. I probably won't ever make any money on this album. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's really expensive to do. But I but I wanted to put it out because uh, I felt that I could connect with more people um, with the live experience. Mm-hmm. I think, and I also think the music serves um, a live performance. It's, it's very intimate music. Uh, the lyrics are meant to connect in a very simple, you know, um, kind of uh, way that folk music usually does, you know, right, storytelling yeah. type, type of uh, music. Mm-hmm. And um, and, I, and it's, it's been so far a really good move. People have Really responded uh, to that, you know, personal, more personalized experience. Oh yeah, and I'm really proud of that. It makes me really happy. Yeah. Now, were you playing the guitar during most of the songs, or or just some of them? Because I noticed on the cover it's a picture of you without a guitar, but then on the back uh, it has a picture of uh, you with the guitar. So I didn't know if if you were playing them all, you know, during the songs, or was George, or how was that working? I play them on like. Um, you know, a quarter to a third of the songs on that particular gig. Um, some gigs I play the guitar the whole time. Um, you know, sometimes it's half of the time. It just depends on what our arrangement um, uh, arrangements, you know, have been decided to be uh, ahead of time. Yeah. Are you more comfortable with the guitar or without? Um, hmm. Good question. I think sometimes with because. Uh, I wrote the songs and I wrote them on the guitar and I, you know, picked out all the chords. But when you work with another professional musician, um, you know, uh, George's uh, chord language, if you will, musical language, is a bit more advanced than mine. And so sometimes it's better just to defer, you know, if, if, if those chords work better. Like on Losing Cheater's Daughter, he did an incredible chordal arrangement. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I said, you know, you know, it, 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 I love the collaboration of that. You know, it's like, no, oh, you absolutely got that. You win. You play it. You know, <laughs> I'll thank. <laughs> so so you, worked for me. So, so you wrote all the songs on it. Right, well, of course, uh, you know, you are my sunshine. Naturally, not that one, but uh, but all the other songs were just. Did you write them? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're all mine, hundred percent, top wow. of the sales. Yeah. And now, of course, you are my sunshine. That's you, you saying that. Uh, you know. On all my children, of course, over the years, and uh, it's sort of Dixie's theme, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What made you decide to include that on the CD and in the sh- in your show? Someone requested it. Oh, it was. Uh, it was requested in the audience. Yeah. Um, I was sort of joking around, and they was like, "How about you on my song show?" <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Well, I guess, I guess we could do that. Why not? I know the words." <laughs> <laughs> and then it turned into this crazy little sing along, which. Um, 
you know, it was so sweet and sad and, and lovely. And, and I think I guess I, I guess I did it in the show and uh, put it on the CD because I know it, it means a lot to the fans. You know, there are memories there and there are moments. But, right. You know, for the people that did watch all those years, you know, there's a, it's a bittersweet thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this is a tough question to ask because, I mean, you, you wrote most of the songs. So is there a favorite one on the CD that you enjoy the most? That's a nice, uh, that's a nice question. I like that question. Um, probably California. California. I'm very, uh, very happy with that song and um, very proud of it. And uh, Had a lot of meaning to you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm from California. So, yeah. Uh, and I love how people always think... Um, that because you're from California, you know, you uh, um, you must just hang out at the beach all the time, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or go surfing or, you know, live the California lifestyle. And I have to say, I my childhood was a lot like that, but um, certainly not my moving into adulthood. And uh, frankly, I wish it was. <laughs> but, uh, you know, kind of, it's an interesting thing, you know, sometimes when you're in a very beautiful place and, and really difficult things are happening to you or you're growing up and having difficult awarenesses, it's, it's like, um, it's almost painful to, to see all that beauty, mm-hmm. and yet it's kind of supporting you through it. You know, I think without all that beauty around me, I, I don't know, I would have become a different person. Yeah. You know, definitely. When you were growing up, who were your musical influences? Um, when I was a, a little girl, I, um, I loved Catherine and Tennille. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Love will keep us together. <laughs> you know, love will keep us together. And muskrat love. Muskrat and all love. I was going to say that. <laughs> you know? But I loved it because, you know, she was a strong woman. She had a great partner that she worked with. Uh, they had fun. Uh, their songs were terrific. Um, and uh, they, you know, they seemed to really enjoy uh, working together and, and, and putting the music out there. And, and I was just captivated by that, you know, mm-hmm. that um, enthusiasm. It was so genuine. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess that's what I've gravitated to since over the years. It's just a, a really genuine performers. You know, of course, Joni Mitchell and Sean Colvin, you know, yeah. when I discovered her in my early 20s, I was just, that was it. You know, I knew I could be a songwriter because she existed. Mm-hmm. And, um those kinds of stories and that kind of writing. Um, you know, Joni was the first and then Sean, um, you know, a woman out there, you know, kind of telling her story, you know, that was, again, you know, uh, not just, you know, I, I met a boy and in grand. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Hey, now, yeah. being a celebrity... Have, have you ever had the opportunity to meet any of the your idols back? I actually did meet Sean Colvin in a very strange uh, roundabout way. Um, I was doing a Shakespeare uh, play, and to promote it, I was on a, uh, went to a radio station and, and talked about it. And they said, "Oh, we hear you're a singer. Can you sing us something? And that you write music?" And I was like, "Oh God, why did they tell them tell them that?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready, I'm not ready. I said, I'm not ready to sing my own stuff, but I'll, I'll sing something by one of this woman that I've just wildly inspired by, and that was Sean. And so I sang um, one of her songs, and uh, um, 
and that was the end of that. And then I went to one of her concerts at Carnegie Hall, her big concert at Carnegie Hall. Mm -hmm. And uh, a friend of mine said, hey, I've got entree, you know, to the pre-concert party at the Russian Tea Room next door. Do you want to go? I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, he took me over there. He said, you want to meet Sean? I was like, yeah. And uh, I went over to her, and we... I told her how much how great I thought she was, and she said, "Oh my God, you're the girl that sang my song on the radio." I was like, "Oh, I hope that was okay." She's like, "No, no, thank you so much." I got calls and people asking, "Are you singing on the radio? Is that you? You sound great." And and uh, I like, "No, who is that?" <laughs> <laughs> so in a weird, she was a terrific lady, really nice about it. And oh, then of great. course, you know, her ability just you know, I mean, to, to have that kind of grace, that kind of you know confidence in, in yourself and then have that wild talent and ability. Mm -hmm. it, was, it, was, it was humbling to meet her and to watch her. She was great mm -hmm. yeah, and very kind. So it was, it was a great moment for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, uh, are you working on any any more music or? Uh... Yeah, I have a whole other album really? sitting on my desk, all written, all ready to go, and uh, all new I have material. My, I have all new material. All new material, okay. Yeah, like uh, I think it's like twelve songs, uh, mm -hmm. and they've been honed. You know, I sit on things for a while because I really want to make sure that they're. You know, sometimes like you can wait six months, and if you just wait six months the right lyric will find you, <laughs> you know, it's instead of kind of forcing it to be something that is not quite quite what it's, it's supposed to be, yeah. you know, or the right chord arrangement. It just, you have to kind of keep going back and visiting that sort of problem area. And then if you give it time, it really, at least for me, like, ah, ah, and it's so gratifying. <laughs> so now I've had conversations with all of those songs and, um, you know, everybody's happy. And ready to be recorded, and my wonderful boyfriend gave me a gorgeous home recording device, and I just got a new computer, so I'm going to try to record these songs, um, kind of like it's the next stage of for me of intimacy mm -hmm. um, with the audience, which is to do it, uh, you know, just me and a guitar and a microphone and a nice, clean, beautiful recording, and that's it. Wow, that sounds you interesting. Know? Yeah. 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 It, it, isn't it amazing, though, that years ago you would have had to have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment in order to do a, a good recording, and now you can do it with your home computer? <laughs> yes. And, you know, it, then there goes to be this place of, like, this matter of taste, you know? There are audiophiles who are like, that's horrible, you can't record like that, that sounds terrible. But then there's a whole other group of people that feel like it's more authentic, you know, mm -hmm. it's, you know you're catching the, the real experience it's, and I kind of lean that way. I'm kind of a Glenn Gould fan, you know. I want to hear the breathing in the microphone mm -hmm. because I want to know that it's a person singing and not um, 
something that's been so constructed. You know, I, w- I want the connection. I guess that's what I'm all about with this stuff. Is, yeah. Is, connection. Yeah. Well, it's like in the 60s when they had the, the garage bands, you know? I mean, that's that's the way the groups recorded. I mean, exactly. what exactly. they recorded is what you had. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that that makes you, I think, makes people feel when they have it, like, oh my God, it's like catching, uh, you know, um, sunlight in a bottle, you know? Wow, we just caught this moment. And, yeah. You know? Just, it, it's pure and it's true and, and, uh, and I think people can recognize that when something is, you know, I, some people, um, I have, a, a, you know, my, my fully produced album, um, which, which was my first album, Blue Glitterfish. Right, yeah. You know, have said to me, oh, that's overproduced, it doesn't do your songs justice, you know, but I'm very proud of it. And, and when I listen to it, I think, my God, this is just, you know, and amazing and professional, and I, I wanted to to do that so I would have that full experience. Mm-hmm. And um, now that I know that whole full experience, and I do think it's amazing and, and marvelous, and I'm, I'm very proud of it. Um, I'm ready to go back to what you know I uh, 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 kind of have always felt all along, which is you know um, less is more. Yeah, that's great. Jeez. Now, now yeah. where can people get the CD? That's one of the most important things. Um, CD Baby. Just go to cdbaby.com mm-hmm. and uh, type in my name. You'll find the CD and all my CDs and some singles and, you know, other little experiments that I've, songs that I've put out there. And uh, I did a little collaboration with a, an old friend of mine and we made a sweet little home recording of a song uh, called Here Comes Love, which is just put out this year as well. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, that's a real kind of like, you know, happy song, which is <laughs> unusual, clearly, for me. <laughs> um, but a very, like, you know, going for a walk with my girl kind of thing. And um, I like it. I like it a lot. I, I was uh, resistant at first, but, you know, it's, it's, sometimes the song becomes, you know, it's not you. It's its own entity, you know. Right. It wanted to be, and it sort of said, I want to be here, so. Yeah. I don't care what you think. Move over. <laughs> Serve the song. It's really like, that's kind of like what you got to do. Now, when you were a child, were you leaning toward being an actress or, or a singer or something else? You know, I uh, I always played that game like every little kid does. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up, you know? Yeah. And it was always actress, singer, writer, um you know, or astronaut, right? Musician. <laughs> astronaut never made it in there. Never president. Never made it in there. Dancer. And yeah. I, you know, always that stuff. I guess, you know, we have our own little, everyone has their own unique soul. And mine wanted to express itself. So what led you, thing. what led you toward acting? <laughs> God help me. <laughs> so what led you into acting? Um... Partly, it was um, kind of a crazy home environment that I wanted to get away from, and um, I saw TV commercials and saw how happy the kids were on those commercials, and I was like, hey, man, I want to play with the Kool-Aid dudes. They're having fun in there. It's way less stressful than what I'm experiencing. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, public television, uh, watching public television and seeing all those great Shakespearean actors um, do their thing, just, oh my God, I had no idea how great they could be mm-hmm. and um, how great acting could be, how great 
how incredibly meaningful, you know, it could be. Yeah. And that was that was that was really a profound moment, and I I wanted to be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to take a, a, just a few minutes to talk about uh, your acting. Is that okay? Of course. Yeah? Now, how did you get the part on uh, All My Children, of Dixie? Uh, I originally auditioned for it, and I had to pass on the screen test. They made an offer for me to screen test um, because I was, uh, I'd was i done a pilot, and the pilot was potentially going to um, be picked up. Uh, and then... Um, it wasn't, mm-hmm. and the girl that they had hired originally uh, wasn't working out. So they called me back, and I went through the whole audition process again, and I got the screen test again, and and, um, and that was it. You know, I got the part. Hmm. Now, of course, Dixie and Tad, the, that combination is, had such huge chemistry on screen. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it fun working with the, the entire cast of All My Children? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, of course, over the years, there's been, you know, people have come and gone. And oh, yeah. Some have been more interesting than others, <laughs> but uh, you know there are a, a lot of sweet people there, a lot hmm. of very sweet people there, and, um, uh, and I'm incredibly grateful for my um, experience with Michael Knight and for our long, long-lasting friendship. And um, do you ever see the, the members of the cast? Any? I, I know you're on there once in a while <laughs> as a ghost, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, we definitely keep in touch. And, uh, you know, it isn't like how people think, like, um, you know, like we're living the same kind of lives out, you know, um, outside of work. You know, our our unique connection always happens, you know, on the stage in front of the camera. Right. You know, that's when the family... Came, came alive, you yeah. know, and we all had our own particular reasons for needing or wanting to be there, and um, those reasons kind of came to the fore, you know, and, and uh, it's, a, it's such a crazy thing about, about being an actor, you know, you can have these um, really intense experiences with people in front of the camera or on the stage, and then afterwards, you know, we're Really boring. <laughs> so dull. Good grief. <laughs> uh, now, now, soap fans, you know, are really a very dedicated, devoted group of people. I'm sure you know that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure. And of course, they missed you in both your respective roles of All My Children and As the World Turns. Uh, do fans usually recognize you? from one role or do they you know recognize you from both or, or is it that separated that you know you're an all my children person and I'm an you know as the world turns you know? that's funny it's, it's it's actually there's like three different camps there's the all my children camp there's the world turns camp and then there's the crossovers mm-hmm. and uh, you know I think why people become so attached to daytime is it's because of those long, long story arcs, you know? Yeah. Um, and watching the same people go through these long, long journeys. And, you know, the actors get to enjoy the a great deal of the credit. I mean, you know, we do get to bring it to life. Yeah. 
Um, but the story really, you know, also deserves a good nod um, for, for for bringing people um, into the show and, and kind of keeping them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and daytime fans, you know, are are really special. I mean, the nice thing about it, and one of the things I'm always grateful for, is they're rarely crazy. Um, and whenever I meet one, just sort of randomly in person, they're so grateful that I I actually brought something on or special to their life, you know? Mm-hmm. They, they connected with the show at that time, and, you know, it, it was meaningful to them, you know? And that's a, that's a really you know, um, privileged place to to get to be, you know, oh, in yeah. somebody's life, you know? Yeah. They're also online a lot, which I am, too. So I've also met some incredible people that have changed my life. Really? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. So you're big um, on Facebook or Twitter or... Oh, yeah. Yeah. On Facebook, I have something called Katie McLean Wants to Be Your Friend. Or would like to be your friend. I think it's. <laughs> I don't. I don't know all the time. I I love talking to people. Um, and people write to me from around the world. I just got an email today from a woman from China. Hmm. Um, people from Bosnia. Um, uh, this person. From, oh, a, a woman in the Netherlands and I are emailing back and forth. She just started a fan site for me there because World Terms is hugely popular there. Yeah. Jeez. And. Uh, um, you know, and they're lovely, and I get to know about their life. You know, um, mm-hmm. people in Canada, um, and and I love I love hearing about their life and and what's going on with them and how they get through things. You know, they help me a lot of the time. You know, yeah. as, as much as as I've been able to provide entertainment or you know some inspiration, perhaps hopefully you mm-hmm. know along the way they've they've they've, they've reciprocated. Yeah. Reciprocated in, in, in beautiful ways, and, and I like that. It's really human, you know. It's really like, you know, one on one. We're all people here. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you know, it surprised me. Uh, it. it I, I interview a lot of different actors and everything. It's you know, some are on prime time, some are on daytime. But uh, a lot of the prime times, uh, people will say, you know, well, I was in uh, 110 episodes or, or whatever, um, and. and the soap actors do that in a, a third of the year. <laughs> yep. It's like being in um, boot camp, you know? Yeah. It really is every day, intense discipline. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, and very demanding, especially if you're working a front burner storyline. I mean, you really have to, at some point, take time off or you start to crack, you know? Oh, yeah, jeez. It, you know, not... Because you, you, you begin to kind of feel it. It's, you know, so I think it, I learned that the, the mind can't tell the difference between, like the emotional mind can't tell the difference between acting and, you know, your real life. Like your body can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're crying all day over your imaginary dead baby, yeah. you know, your body is experiencing that stress. Huh. And, um, and so, you know, eventually you begin to... Um, you know, get sick or, you know, just uh, worn out or start to play tricks with your mind. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, it, 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 it happens to a lot of people. I've seen it happen to a lot of people. I and mean, you just got to take a break. You know, yeah. it's, it's not natural. 
know. Well, let me see if I can get this straight. Dixie, Cooney, Chandler, Martin, Bodine, Martin. Wow. Now, now that's Good not as, that's not as many as Erica, but but it's still quite a few. That's six. Yeah. Uh, six, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Now, I had counted. There's one missing. Lawson. There is. Yeah. Lawson. Lawson or Lawson? Lawson. Is it Craig? A guy named Craig back in the early nineties. Okay. I know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> See, you, you lose track. <laughs> Will raped Gloria. Oh, now, when you were on As the World Turns, you didn't accumulate as many names. And I, is it because I think in, in the soap world that it's um, uh, the longer you're on, it, 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 it turns out you got to have two different names every year. Is that how it works? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I I do know that I, was, I think I was married to Craig like three three or four times, and I was also married to what was the character that Roger Howard Howard played. Um, Paul, and uh, once, once I think, just once. <laughs> but boy, let me tell you, I, I, you know, the last time they dragged out a wedding dress for me, I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, Not this storyline oh, again, huh? <laughs> not the wedding dress. It takes all the fun and anticipation of the idea of getting married in real life. Right. It's just like, oh, no, not that. Oh, my, please. Oh, now, what do you what do you personally think of the way the character Dixie was killed off on All My Children? Um, I I thought that they really really felt that they needed to do that. Um, that they missed a, a great opportunity to tell a story that could have served the show and. The Fans and their longtime loyalty. Um, so I was disappointed. Yeah. Um, I think everybody it, was. Yeah, it was just so random and almost like um, you know, let's let's just do this to you know surprise everyone, you know, and they, you know, and and I, I think it, you know, everyone who's around the situation that was involved in that choice has expressed regret. <laughs> you know, and I think they should be forgiven and let yeah. off the hook. You know, it was a mistake. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, mistakes mistakes happen. You know, we all make mistakes, and and um, you know, I just have to like kind of forgive everybody around it and mm-hmm. move on. You know. Yeah. Now, now, you seem to, you've popped up a couple of times, you know, like I said earlier, on All My Children. Um, is there any chance that you may pop up again at some point? It's daytime. It's a soap <laughs> opera. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> well, John and I were, were just talking about Soap Dish with a character, the writer, you know, it says, We chopped off his head. How do I write for a character that has no head? <laughs> You know, it's funny because a friend of mine um, used to play an, a character on All My Children. Um, I think his character was before you you started, but uh, Richard Van Vliet, he played uh, Chuck Tyler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he, he was telling me that he, he, every once in a while, they'll call him back, you know, but usually he, he gets called back for funerals or weddings or things like that, you know, special events or if somebody passes right, or something right, like right. that. So, But, uh, you know, he's not a ghost, so... <laughs> 
but th- th- there's no saying you you can't come back. I mean, you no, know, like you say, the ghost. Everyone, which has been pointed out to me a few hundred times. That's right. Time. That's right. You know, they all brought him back. It was a dream. It was a projection. It was a you know. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Just when you think you know, you don't know. Right. That's yeah. really what you know. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> now, uh, now, what about the, the painting? Do you do a lot of painting? Um, it comes in and out of my life. Um, when you get in the mood? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I I have all the easel and paints and, you know, canvases ready to go, you know, when I feel like it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I, yeah. I do love it. I love it. It just brings out a whole other energy and vibe in me, and it, I find it to be incredibly soothing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Katie, I want to finish up with just a couple more questions here that uh, takes us away from everything we've talked about. Um, what's your favorite TV shows of all time? MASH. Love MASH. That came um, quick, yeah. Twilight Zone. Um, mm-hmm. Star Trek. Yeah. Original or? Uh, the original. Oh, yeah, definitely the yeah. original. I mean, Jean Picard, you know, he was cool, but I, I wasn't like hooked into that like I was, you know, Captain Kirk. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I, I own all the Star Trek movies on VHS. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. <laughs> went to all the openings. I didn't wear the ears, but I went. <laughs> and um, watched all those movies like a hundred times. Yeah. Well, what about movies? What's your favorite all-time movies? Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah. Definitely. Number one. Mm-hmm. Um, SOB. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's got to be a close number two. I mean, that pretty much sums up show business and the ridiculousness of it. And right. I love the madcap, you know, Victor Victoria. I yeah. love Blake Edwards. Blake Edwards, yeah. 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 Huh. Well, Katie, I... I want to thank you so much for taking the time this is this has been fun and uh, i really appreciate it and i want to uh, congratulate you on your, your cd and hope everybody goes out and get it it's katie mclean live club passum and uh they can get that at cd baby so uh i want to like you say thank you very much for doing this oh you're very welcome i think i'm also on itunes now itunes okay yeah yeah well yeah I, thank you it's really fine it's been a terrific uh, time for me, um, really, it's a blessing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and a real pleasure talking to you. A big shout out to Katie McLean for taking the time to talk to us and sharing your stories. And uh, if you get a chance, check out her CD. It's Katie McLean live at Club Passum. Okay, and you can pick it up at CD Baby. Dot com or Amazon or iTunes, a whole bunch of places. So check that one out. Uh, she, she just has a nice way of making you feel like you're right there, and uh, it's just a relaxed atmosphere, and you, it's, it's like you're sitting there with a friend, and she's strumming on the guitar and everything. It's just, just a great thing. So check that out, and uh, that's about a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you taking the time, and uh, you can email me with any comments or anything you have at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And I hope you'll join us next week when we once again take you on screen and beyond. Till then, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Uh-huh.